Ryan Mitchell Moore, aka Ryan Mitchell YT, with me. Hey, Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, Alan. I'm excited to be here. I am I'm excited on, to to talk. I've been to trying you. to Go get ahead. on this for a while, so I'm I'm excited finally on so, this. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, you're you know, you're you're a busy man. You're doing a lot of different stuff out there. <laughs> I try to stay hey, busy. Do you know that it was almost exactly one year ago? It was December second, two thousand twenty-two that you contacted me and let me just briefly read what you said. Oh hi. boy. <laughs> said, hi, I'm an 18 year old who wants to climb Everest. And you say, I currently have a YouTube channel with over 1.7 million subscribers, but I'm looking to create a new one where I would document and create a masterpiece of a video of the training hike and experience. So then you said a lot of other things, but, um, what we so we talked and one of the first things i asked you was why do you want to do this which is what i ask everybody um and so full disclosure that ryan is a uh, a client of mine under the summit coach uh, consulting business that i have and um and so we talked and one of the things we'll talk about your why actually we'll talk about that in a lot of detail but one of the things you said was that you really didn't have a lot of experience in climbing and you wanted to go climb everest in the spring 2023 season which was only like four months away do you remember what right. i said yeah you said no because <laughs> i didn't know i knew nothing like i said like you just said i do nothing and then okay i was like I'll, you know I'll, I'll do it 2024 then <laughs> you're right and you know and i love that attitude because um you know we often talk about we we don't know what we don't know and you didn't know about you know how to perform at altitude how your body would perform you didn't know how to put on crampons. Uh, you know, you'd never climbed using an ice axe or any of that kind of type of stuff. So we set up a, uh, a strategic climbing plan for you. And tell us where you've been the last year. So, yeah, definitely since the, the second I sent that email and we got in contact and got training, my, li my life has definitely changed. Like <laughs> mentally, physically, I am so much, you know, happier with where I was uh, just over a year ago. Right. And yeah, when, I mean, when I sent you that email, I knew nothing. It was just, you know, I, I was, I just had the idea and I actually wasn't expecting an answer. I was really expecting you, you to you, like, to kind of like shun me away. Cause it was just like, there's no way, there's no way I'm like letting this kid who knows nothing get into it. But like, yeah, you gave me the strategic plan. Um, you know, we got on it in February. We went to Ecuador, did the volcanoes there, Chimborazo, Kayambe, did Denali in June. And then this January, we have Aconcagua and then Everest in April, which will hopefully get to the top of but yeah um but yeah I mean it all started just with the idea of making it into a YouTube video obviously a lot of things have changed since then um but the main goal still is to make a video that inspires people and that's the main reason uh, I'm doing this whole thing because so, you know so let's let's back up a second so you said you have 1.7 that was a year ago 1.7 million uh, views for your YouTube channel so you are a bona fide 19 year old YouTube sensation I, would I mean, say. I guess so. <laughs> ever since I was ever since I was 10 years old, I always wanted to be a YouTuber. Um, when quarantine COVID hits, uh, I finally got a channel to blow up. It's in the Minecraft. Anyone who knows Minecraft out there, it's a video game. But um, yeah, it's at like 1.9 million subscribers now. Um, and, you know, that that's going to be eventually what led me into being able to want to afford um, going to Everest and actually my reason why I wanted to do it in the first place. Yeah, so we're going to talk about money. That's the big elephant in the room because I'm sure a lot of people are watching this or hearing it and going, wait a minute. He's talking to a 19-year-old who is going to go to Mount Everest and he's done Denali or been Aconcagua and others. How in the world is he affording this? So we'll get into that in a second. But let's talk a little bit about that uh, Minecraft uh, channel. So tell us what it was or is. Yeah, and so are you still uh, doing it? Yes. Yeah, so um, it's sip over. Uh, yes. Like I said, it blew up in 2020. And a lot of people will see, you know, Minecraft, it's a YouTube channel. They, they like, it's not like a job that's taken very seriously, but there's like a ton that goes into it, like marketing of the videos, editing, uh, you build a team and it does pay pretty well. Um, like you can usually guess like per 1000 views, that creator will get like $3 in the Minecraft niche. So, um, I was able to build that to around 2 million subscribers. Um, but the thing about it was, yeah, I did like gaming as a kid, but as I started growing this channel more, I started kind of falling in line more of like the dream, right? 
like the goal. Like I loved achieving the goal. That was the most satisfying thing for me. When I was able to look at this channel that I had dreamed of building for almost half of my life, I was able to, you know, look at it and say, like, that's like such an accomplishing feeling when you finally get to have something that you wanted for so long and you built towards it. So it kind of like implemented into my brain about like the grind, right? Like, I don't know. And it sounds like kind of corny to say, but I just love grinding. Um, I love staying disciplined is kind of just something I've built up over the past few years, right? Like I'm fairly hard on myself if I, you know, I know I have stuff to do. So if I don't go to bed at the right time one night, even if it's 30 minutes after, I'm kind of like mad at myself the next day. So I was able to build that into it. And, um, you know, my interest changed. I'm not as much into gaming nowadays. I still like making videos, but I wanted to make a new channel, which is Ryan Mitchell. Uh, with the goal of inspiring people. And the way I thought of Everest was just, what's a hard thing I can do and encourage people to do hard things. And then I started diving down the Everest rabbit hole. I was like, this is this is so cool. Like I was drawn towards it immediately. But so, say more about that. What what drew you to the whole Everest thing? Because as you well know, we've talked about this a lot over the last year that Everest is the mountain that people love to hate. And there's so much negative news out there about it. It seems like the mainstream press only runs uh, stories about Everest when people die or when there's, you know, people take pictures of trash. It could be, you know, in, in a landfill, but they'll say it's on Everest and the press runs with it. So with all that negativity, um, there's something that that reached inside of you and, and touched you. What was that? Yeah, I mean, I think because I never knew about mountaineering. Like I said, I had no family that did mountaineering. I had I mean, like, I, I I think I told you way back, the, the highest I'd climbed was 2,000 feet. I live in Massachusetts. There's no mountains here. That was the highest <laughs> I'd climbed. So I, I was watching a documentary by this one YouTuber. I think it has 2 million views. It was called Everest for Mountaineers or something like that. Um, it was just like, I don't know why. I just, like, looked into it. It was just a silly idea. Like, what if I climbed Everest? Because I knew nothing. When I looked into it more and I realized it took 50 days, I was like, What? Like it takes 50 days or I mean, you know, it varies, but like I'd say that's pretty average, right? 50 days. Right. Um, right. I was kind of mind blown. And that was just the first mountain I looked at. And I never knew, you know, I never knew like K2 or any of these other mountains, which I don't have, you know, as much of an interest in because for reasons. But um, yeah, you know, Everest was kind of just there, like the first thing I, I looked into. And obviously it's the tallest. So to me, you know, that that kind of seems like a goal that I wanted to achieve. Um and, you know, like looking back on it after, you know, whenever I get to the top, you know, even if I don't get it to it this 2024, one day I will do it because I've just put so much time into it. Um, you know, because every mountain has their own experience, right? But Everest was, I don't know, it's like something draws you, right? Like, yeah, it's hard to explain, but I just saw it and I really wanted to take, you know, the viewers on the journey um, and make a video out of it and hopefully use it to inspire people to take action in their lives and kind of look at that one big goal they have and strive towards it. Well, as someone that tried three times and finally made it on my fourth, I, I understand that, that, that attraction and that lure. And it's, I, it's really hard to explain what it is. Uh, and for me, it's not bragging rights. Um, you know, I, for me, it was always the personal challenge and the personal growth opportunity. And I've often said this on this podcast and others that when you go on these big climbs, whether you summit or not, if you let it, it'll change you and you'll come back home a better version of yourself. And I know that on Denali this past uh, June, was it June? Yeah, that uh, you were on Denali and uh, boy, this was a tough year on the, on the big D oh, yeah. uh, that only 30% summit rate um, compared to typically 60, 70%, mainly due to the weather. What was your experience like on, uh, on Denali this year? Yeah, you know, we, well, first of all, we got stuck in Talkeetna. So it took us three days to even get onto the the glacier itself but i mean yeah it was literally just back and forth storms coming in and out there's never really a few days straight of just clear weather um i mean we were able to get up to 17 camp and the day it was supposed to be perfect weather right you know everyone was on the walkie talkies yeah it's gonna be good weather today we got it we got a beautiful push for the summits uh you know we got right off the autobahn and immediately just it's like someone flipped the switch right yeah. it just immediately horrible weather you know then we're coming down we had to turn back so it, it just got so bad and i think that was like and that was like one of like the worst days of my life because i <laughs> like it, it's it's like because like it's at that point you know you're going down first of all you didn't get the summit so you're kind of bummed out and you know we have to do the, what they call the the, the the death march right you're going right. all the way back down to the the airstrip to get picked up now and then we got stuck there for three days 
I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of food over here. You know, it smells horrible in our tents. So we're just kind of sitting there and then we're waiting to be picked up. We finally get picked up. No, like literally three quarters of our team didn't even stay for the dinner after. Everyone just wanted to go home. <laughs> Welcome uh, to Denali. So I think you should go do uh, Mount Denson in Antarctica. That's even worse. Down there, really? you're stuck for two or three weeks because they can't get the airplane to come from South America onto Antarctica. They have to wait for perfect weather to fly in and fly out. So right. your Denali experience was, um, that, that was good training. Um, yeah, you mentioned the word Autobahn, just to, just to make sure viewers understand that's, you weren't in Germany. That's a section of the route uh, right above the high camp at 17,000 feet. It leads over to Denali Pass. Fairly steep, um, icy section. And there have been some deaths on that where people have slipped and fallen. But uh, yeah, so Denali was a really good experience for you. I mean, that was perfect training for, uh, for Everest coming up. Yes, so yeah, exactly. How, how, how did Ecuador go? Um, Ecuador, I was that was the first time I had seen high altitude and I was not in shape. Um, I, I, I could, I mean, I could show like two pictures of like what I looked like kind of like back then. Cause it's like completely, I think I'm down. Oh, what is it? I think I forget, I probably said it on the, the documents when I, when I filled out to contact you, I'm like 173 pounds right now. I know I was, I think I capped out at 215 at one point. Um, it's not like I was like huge muscle either. Like, I don't know. So I mean, like I've taken my training to a whole other level since then because I realized how out of shape I was. But for for the weather was pretty bad in Ecuador, first of all. But um, you know, I was pretty out of shape, and I realized that, and I decided to really like lock in on the training. Um, and luckily, I was able to do it enough on Denali. I felt really well. And if it wasn't for the weather, we would have made it to the summit. So I I consider it a success then. Um, obviously, you can always do better in in one sense or another, but. You, you have dropped a lot of weight. I just looked at it. Uh, you're 6'2", 6'3", and, and a year ago, you weighed 190, is what you said. Okay. And now you're, at a, now you're at 173. I mean, that's, that's, a pretty good, that's a pretty good drop. Did I Wait, did I write down I was 6'2"? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I was trying to make a good impression on you, oh. but I am 6'. 6'. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. You're I, right. 6'190". I okay, yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I'm trying I was to gonna say, I was like, that's not like of me to lie like that. I don't know why I would have wrote that. <laughs> no, my bad. Um, so tell us about your training. What um, I mean, we, you know, we put together this training program for you, but um, you've really just embraced it, you know, going up and down your local hills, going to the, the highest point there in, uh, in your small town in the middle of, of Massachusetts. And so tell us what you're doing for training and how you train for Denali. That's really a physical climb that you train very hard for. Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously, I don't have the the altitude I can get to around here. Um, the highest I mean, the highest mound, you know, within an hour of me is I think it's 3000 feet. Um, the one I go to, which is just 20 minutes from my house, because obviously, I am managing, you know, my my YouTube channel. And that's how I'm able to afford all of this. So I have to balance my time out really well. Um, like almost every second, you know, is, is gone to something like I like this has made me really realize the value of time. Cause I, I go to just the, the most convenient thing for me, which is the small mountain. It's about, I think if you were to go from just like the trail I do to the top, it's like 850 feet. I do like a little bit of an extension, but like it's 850 feet from there to there. I just go up and down that for like six to eight hours on Mondays and Thursdays. And then we love the extra credit. We actually have it coming this tomorrow on Thursdays, once a month on Thursdays, we'll do a 12 plus hour day. Um, and then on top of that, which, you know, that'll, that'll get my legs nice and sore. We want them to be nice and sore to push through the fatigue. Uh, we'll do running in the morning. I like to do that fasted, um, as well as CrossFits, which I do for my strength training. That's kind of a, a wild one when I tell people that because, you know, it's it's CrossFit. It's kind of, <laughs> it's a little bit unlike Mount. It's like the complete opposite thing of Mountaineer. Right, but right. I do that. I do that for strength and mobility. It's not like I'm only doing that. And then yeah. the, my favorite thing means my least favorite is my step ups in my basement for just like an hour after the CrossFit workout. So usually when I'm fatigued already, uh, I'll just step up on the box for an hour. Usually I'm at like 700 step ups right now with a 35 pound pack. Um, and I'll do that Wednesday and Tuesday, just stare at a wall. Like it's very boring. And like you said, you always say, make your training boring and effective, yeah. of course. But then when you're out there, it's more fun. Cause yeah. you don't want to, I, I don't listen to music on my runs. 
Um, even if I'm going for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, even on the 12 hour hike, I won't listen to music I, I or anything. I just love to get on my thoughts, uh, make it boring and just like really lock in on that pacing and breathing um, is one thing that I've, I've I've gone way better at and listen to music on the way home. It's a nice little reward. <laughs> I love it. You know, that's uh, you're doing you're doing everything exactly right. If you talk to um, the people like Scott Johnston at Evoke um, Evolution or um, Steve House at Uphill Athlete, they'll tell you that the best way to train for climbing is to go climbing. And the best way to do that is to do long, slow zone two days um, in the mountains, gaining gaining altitude. And it, you're right. It, it is um, to some extent that that training is boring. But, you know, part of when you're on the mountain, maybe you experience this on uh, Don Denali or on um, Chimborazo that, you know, there's just, you just get into this pace and you just go, it's foot after foot. And you're kind of, like you say, you're on your own world. Uh, you don't have music. You're, in those cases, you're roped to another, another member. On Everest, uh, you'll be clipped into the fixed line. But still, you're kind of in this bubble. And so simulating that, and, and I'm a big fan of visualization as well while you're training. You know, just imagine that you're on the Lhotse face or that you're on your summit bush. And, um, you know, your extra credit, I just love to death. The other day you contacted me and said, hey, tomorrow's extra credit day. So tell us what the extra credit day for Ryan looks like. Yeah. So, well, when I said, when I texted you that, and, and I love I love telling people that I'm going to do it because the people I see regularly going up and down the mountain, I say, hey, I'm doing extra credit this Thursday. So now if I don't do it and I try getting out of it, I'm a liar. I don't want to be a liar. So, um, you know, it's not too early. I'll, I'll Usually I get up at 7 a.m. every day because it's just uh, a good time for me. I don't go to bed too early. I don't go to bed too late. But um, extra credit basically is, um, you know, you do half of what you usually do. or no, half extra of what you usually do. So right. if you do like eight hours, well, eight Half of eight is four. So you add those together, you do 12. I usually like to go a little bit longer because I don't know, just like 12 hours, 30. Um, basically just go up and down the same mountain. I do the same trail just because I just like the repetition because I like kind of like know what to expect a little bit. Yeah. Um, and like I can kind of pace myself the way I need to for like maximum effectiveness. But um, I'll start at usually like 5 a.m. because it gets dark really early now, uh, which is kind of a bummer. But yeah, basically just go up and down the same trail. I've been doing 40 pound pack. That's what I usually do on the hiking days is 40 to 45 pound pack um, up and down 12 hours. It's great. Um, you know, it's just like very slow, right? Yeah. Like if you take right. it too fast, like I, I can start to feel the cartilage in my knee just disappear if I go too fast. Like, <laughs> like I, ha I have to pace myself. Um, and then usually after I'll, I'll even still work out like the next day because, you know, I'm a, I'm a I've I've seen the results from and when you're on the mounds, you really have to be able to just like get your legs destroyed. And then the next day you're back at it, like one way or another, like you can't like, you know, your legs are going to be sore no matter what. Uh, that's the, that's the coolest thing I've seen with like, kind of like the way my body has transformed since doing this is how like adaptable your body actually is. Right. Um, even like acclimation, right. Isn't that crazy how you like, just by spending time going up, you can like your body just transforms, yeah. which is super, yeah. super cool. Um, and just like the way, like if I did like a 12 hour day a year ago, I'd be out for a week. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I would be done. <laughs> and even like mentally, even mentally, I'd be like, yeah. oh, like I did that. But like now it's at the point where I can just go to bed, get like, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep. And the next day, yeah, I'll still be feeling it. And like, I still don't want to do it, but I'm able to get through it. Um, which I think is like, you know, that's how you're going to be feeling on any mountain, right? You're never going to yeah, be feeling good. No, you know, I would say, you know, suffer lower so you suffer less higher. You're still going to suffer though. I mean, there's, there's never really no way around it. Um, you know, one of the best measures of if your training program is working is your recovery time. Do you think that you're recovering faster now than you did when you first started? Oh, absolutely. When, when I first started and I was on the same thing. So like, you know, Monday through um, Saturday. So like Saturday morning, I'll, I'll work out and I'm done for the weekend. So rest of Saturday, then Sunday. But um, through that Monday through Saturday, like, I like I I literally I was because I was like I think I like told you once too I was like my legs just like like they're yeah. not recovering like I could like barely walk down the stairs in the morning so <laughs> I, I and then I have you know I have like my CrossFit coach right and it's like a, it's like a CrossFit thing to say but it's like yeah it'll just flush out the fatigue keep going and you yeah. know I, you you both are saying like yeah you're gonna your body's gonna adapt um yeah. I kept doing it like week after week like my workout sucked 
um you know i was just kind of like monitoring around but at one point like as the weeks compounded i kind of developed that adaptation and sometimes like one week i did have to take way lighter for my like body to catch up with itself so you really like you don't think your your body's going to be able to adapt and you think it's too much for you but in reality like you can push through it and your body does get way better at recovery and get into the flow of things you know one of the things that i learned um not in the beginning of mountain climbing, but probably somewhere in the middle was that I could push my body harder and further than I ever thought I could. And that it was basically my mind was the limiting factor because I was psyching myself out and I focused on all the reasons why I, I could not do it instead of the reasons that I could do it. And also, you know, having that why, having that purpose of what you're trying to accomplish. You know, for me, as everybody knows, you know, my why is climbing for Alzheimer's and to honor my mother, Ida, who died from Alzheimer's. And that, when I, once I, I locked in on that why, I found that I was able to tap in to a level of, of, of reserves that I never knew existed. And that really came to help me and, well, frankly, help me live uh, on K2. But I also used it on my fourth attempt on Everest. I remember going up between the balcony and the South Summit. You know, it was 30 degrees below zero. The wind was gusting to 30. And I was like going, oh, man, this sucks. I don't know if I could do this or not. You know, but I was able to tap into that, that extra reserve of energy and just keep going a step after step. Uh, my good friend Jim Davidson tells a story that he set a goal for himself when he climbed Everest that um, he was not going to turn around until the sun came up. And I love that because I don't know if you've experienced this on any of your climbs thus far, but once the sun comes up, maybe not on Denali because the sun never went down, but once the sun comes up, all of a sudden there's like this extra turbo charge that you get this extra boost of, of energy. Yeah, for sure. Even just starting, right? Like this morning, yeah. I, did, I didn't want to get going. I was like, oh, I got a busy day. I got to hop on. I got to hop on call with Alan later. Like, Maybe I should just take the day off, but really you just like get out of bed. I get kind of anxious at night. It's like this weird yeah. thing for me, but I'm like, when I know I have a hard day ahead, right. It's like just harder for me to relax, but yeah. Um, you like literally, just, it, I feel like that's just the big thing, right? You just have to start. That's it with everything. Once right. you start getting momentum, even on the, I think the biggest example of this was on Chimborazo. Um, actually, you know what? No, on Denali, definitely. But, um, you know, I felt like horrible at like 14 camp, um, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I my like stomach just wasn't like doing well, but I like just kept going like an hour in, I just felt way better. So really yeah. you just, you just, it's like, just like one step after another, you just have to go for it. And usually momentum can pick up. Um, and you were saying, yeah, when you were saying earlier, which I kind of wanted to go back into, and it kind of comes into what we were saying, how I got like interest into all this was, um, like the digging deep thing, right? Like figure yeah. seeing the, like the limitations that you can push past with your body. Right. It was on Mount Washington. So if I'm going to go to, if I drive to any mountain, um, it's going to be Mount Washington. It's like three hours away from me, Massachusetts, New Hampshire. But that was the first actual mountaineering experience I had, even though it's just Mount Washington. Um, but yeah, I, I, that was the first time, you know, I was still like easing into things, right? I didn't really know much. Um, and at this point, I, I, I don't know if I was fully committed yet because it was, it was still like, I think this was just a month since we started talking. I probably went to Mount Washington. So, um, and I was still like pretty out of shape. I hadn't started training too much yet. But yeah, that, that was like the first time where I realized like, like, holy, like my body's so much more capable because I, I wanted to stop two hours in. But the guide, and, I, and I'm so grateful that he did this. Because usually people would be like, what are you doing? But he literally tied a rope to me. Like he was short roping me up Mount Washington. I just had a walk. I just walked up the whole thing. And I don't know how I did it. But, you know, I literally was just like looking down. I was like, I don't know what was going through my head. But that was the most I'd ever pushed myself. And it was just like the feeling after. Like we got to the summit and we got back down. And it was like the feeling. I was yeah. like, I love that. Like, you know, I yeah. I didn't I didn't post anything about me getting to Mount Washington. Like I shared it with you. I didn't like yeah. really post anything about it. Um, it was just like the feeling that I had knowing like like because I had always been into that. I had always been, you know, what what dreams can you achieve if you work hard enough to them? That was just like showing now physically, not just work, yeah. right? It's one thing to build a Minecraft channel, but to physically push yourself past your limit is just a different feeling. There's no luck involved, really no luck involved when you're pushing yourself physically it's just all hard work like it may be a little bit of luck right if the weather's you know whatever sure. but 
Yeah. Like there's no there's no cheating actually physically pushing yourself. Um, and now, getting you know, that what, result. What you're doing is you are developing a high level of mental toughness that you get in these situations like you were on Mount Washington or you were at the 14 camp on Denali. And um, even on Chimbo, you know, you know, where you guys had some bad weather and stuff that, um, you know, you realize that you can push yourself and, you know, you're not going to die. <laughs> you may hurt. Yeah, you may be suffering, but guess what? You know, 24 hours later, you're sitting somewhere and having a nice meal, um, you know, whether even if it's in camp. But it's developing that mental toughness, and that's going to serve you really well on Everest because, uh, you know, who knows? You may find yourself in a long line of people, and it's going to be frustrating, uh, or you may be stuck at uh, base camp for two weeks because bad weather moved in. You may get the kumbu cough. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens to people on Everest that they have no control over whatsoever. Uh, and so you just got to be patient with yourself and you've got to, you know, just be able to not get freaked out, not give up, you know, not go, oh, this isn't worth it, I'm going home, which, you know, some people do. They run into these walls and they just give up. And so this comes back full circle again to your, you know, to why you're doing this. Hey, one thing I wanted to talk about is that you are a very talented um, cinematographer, movie maker, and um, you know you're, you documented your Ecuador experience, uh, and you're going to do some of that on Everest as well. I mean, obviously, YouTube is a is a, um, a video channel, um, and so tell us about your camera equipment, how you approach filming, and what are your plans for filming on Aconcagua, if any, but especially on Everest. Right. So I'm actually that's something I really need to get better at is cinematography and actual camera work. Um, being in, you know, making Minecraft videos, you're you're just sitting at your computer. I think if if, if we're like going to get nerdy about YouTube, like the gaming niche is YouTube on easy mode. Doing anything in real life is hard mode, I would say, because you have to know how to like man a camera. And I honestly don't know much. Like I just have a mirrorless camera. Um, you know, there's some microphones here. I actually have them right here conveniently. Like literally these little guys, they just they just pick up audio when I need to. This, a camera and a phone is all you need. And you don't even need a camera. Nowadays, if you have an uh, like iPhone 14 or more, you're going to get really good quality. Um, If you do want to, you know, you don't really don't need anything crazy. And the batteries don't die. Maybe like a small camera. I mean, I'm, I, I go a little extra with my mirrorless camera, most likely, because I really want to get the nice shots. But um, yeah, I mean, if you do even like as just, a, you know, any climbs, right? Um, if you wanted to pick up audio, which is kind of cool, you can clip these in. And then obviously a phone, right? It's You're going to get really solid quality. But like I said, I don't really know that much cinematography. I'm trying to get better at it. On Everest, um, the big thing, so like I'm, 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 things change a lot. Your plans will change. Your goals will change. I, I like to remember the way I kind of look at it is like you're going to set a goal. You're right here. You think it's going to be a straight line, but in reality, it's going to look like this. It's right. going to change so much, but like the, the main goal and what it was for me isn't going to change. And the main goal for me was making an inspiring video that encourages people to take action in their lives. And that's kind of whole, what I want my journey to be. Um, so I'm actually taking a different approach. And we were talking about this earlier is how kind of the media only shows, um, you know, the negatives of Everest, right? You see all the trash. Right. You go into a comment on an Instagram video about any like 8,000 meter climb or whatever. You see the comments. It's everyone just trash talking it, right? Kind of like voicing their opinions, um, which is totally valid, right? Um, but I think a lot of people don't see like the like the insides of what these people are actually thinking and why they end up doing it. Um, I want to make a video kind of like investigating everything that's going on, kind of show like an, like an unbiased perspective, of course, but um, you know, what's going on up there kind of like a deeper look in it, not just me climbing. Cause I think it's boring just watching someone maybe go like climb it. Cause you could watch a million videos of people going to, well, not a million, but you know, like <laughs> probably like dozens of videos of people going to the top of Everest. Um, and honestly, probably people who are way better climbing than I am. Um, I want my center of focus to be around like the issues that are going up there. And also like, you know, the good that's going on up there and like what can be done to solve some of the issues. I'm not an expert on the subject. I would definitely like to make some sort of fundraiser for it. Or like you, you, on YouTube, you can link a fundraiser. I definitely like to work with some sort of company because I don't intend to profit off the video at all. Um, I just want to make a really good video. I don't even care if it gets that much views. It's just a, you know, topic I'm passionate about. On YouTube, on the Ryan Mitchell channel, I'm probably doing more finance entrepreneur stuff anyways. But I do want to post this no matter what, because I think it's going to be a great story. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it obviously changes and I want to make the perspective around that. So also, also, I don't want to die while I'm filming. I don't want to lose fingers <laughs> trying to record. So if I'm only recording me climbing, I'm definitely like, that, that's a possibility. I saw that on Denali. Uh, this is kind of like, you know, like maybe like see the perspective of Sherpas. Um, what do they think of the commercialization? Or like, you know, if I do see any like super, super inexperienced climbers who like don't know what they're doing, like what's, what's, what's like, what is, what's going through their head? People on my team, what, why do they climb? Right. Um, kind of show the insights of all that. And I'm, it's going to be mostly kind of just improvise as I go. Cause you never really know what'll happen up there, but. One of, the, one of the things that's good is that you're going with uh, Garrett Madison. And again, full disclosure, a good friend of mine that I've climbed with often um, and some to K2 with. But one of the benefits of going with Madison Mountaineering is that they have supported a lot of film, um, you know, professional, like a Nat Geo type of film uh, crew up there. So his Sherpas are very uh, experienced in working with photographers and, and uh, people making documentaries. So you'll have some really good support on the mountain. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect, you know, I'm not some Hollywood production crew, right? Like, yeah, I'm just right, right. some like guy going around with the, with the camera basically up there. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll try to get like what I can, but you know, I'm not, I'm not stressing it too much. And also this puts emphasis in, you know, I, I would never do something that I, I generally found like, like there's a good chance I die doing this, right? I would never do something yeah. that, that yeah. I have that mindset of. This also takes away from that fact because I'm not centering it around me going to the summit. I'm centering around a different topic obviously i'll incorporate my own you know climbing into it but it's not gonna be the main focus so i don't have to be like oh i need to get to the top or else I, my video won't do well or i can't make this video <laughs> like I, I wouldn't do that so it kind of reduces that stress a little bit that's smart i mean you know it's 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 really about the experience um you know the summit is a bonus uh but if you can have a positive experience then you're going to come home like i say a better version of yourself I, didn't you uh, in Ecuador use GoPros and didn't wasn't exactly oh, yeah. thrilled with that? Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention. Yeah, I mean the GoPro is always like a great thing to use, right? Like you just put one on your on your helmet. I think honestly, it, even if you're if you're not recording anything, just for your own sake, like you want to look back on the videos later, like it's it, honestly just bringing a GoPro is such a good idea because you you can just film anything. Um, I think, I mean, on Ecuador, yeah, I think at one point it, it got so like the weather was really bad on Chimborazo and there's like frost developing all over like my clothes and, uh, the, the camera and it ended up getting frosted over. But if the sun is out, I don't think that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Did, how, did the batteries last? Uh, they kept cutting out. It's like weird. They'll, they'll freeze. So it'll cut out and you'll hear it beep. It means it dies. And then, yeah. like, if you wait a couple minutes, you can turn it back on and you might have a little bit of time left. But, yeah, they, they usually do end up dying. But I usually brought, I mean, if we wanted to go, I would usually bring, like, a, just a pack of a bunch of spare batteries. Yeah, right. And then and then a solar panel, the Goal Zero solar panels. Those are great. Yep. Um, yep. You, I was so surprised. On Denali, you can you can charge anything. It's just, yeah. it works so well. As long as you have, like, a, a little bit of daylight and sun. Well, you have a lot of daylight, but I mean, like, actual sun daylight. Right. Um those work so well i was surprised that you can just really get like electricity up there basically just from the solar panels <laughs> that's cool that's really good hey you said that you um that the video in the uh the ryan mitchell channel you want to use to inspire people and to motivate people uh tell us a little bit more about that where where is that coming from right so it's like super confusing because there's all these different channels right and what i actually want to do with them um the the Minecraft channel I, I am going to continue doing because it's how I'm able to fund this channel because I, I couldn't really make as good videos because that's the, the one thing is I love making videos. That's my main passion. That's what it was before climbing. And even with climbing, if I had to choose one or the other, I would choose, you know, just making videos, right? Like if I had to choose like, oh, I'm just going to go climb Everest or, oh, I'm only going to make videos. I would choose videos because I've just always loved that. I've loved doing YouTube. It's the one thing I'm good at. Like, it's the one thing I could really, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get better at mountaineering. And I'd say like physically, you know, I'm really up there, but I still have lots of learning like technicals and, you know, even the history and whatnot. But if I were to go on a stage, and I think this is really one cool thing. Um, I mean, you can kind of see what your passion, where your passion lies. If you could go on a stage and talk about something for an hour in front of 10,000 people, whatever that thing is that you can just go on and on and on about no stuttering. <laughs> that's your passion so for me that's youtube um and then you know like you know something like mountaineering or just like i don't know i, I just love working out and, and pushing myself that's like the one thing for me 
uh, is just like talk about that stuff for like a motivational speaker or something. I don't know what you would consider it, but those are like the few things that I really enjoy. And I really wanted to incorporate that into my content. So I love making videos. I don't like Minecraft as much, but I love pushing my body. I love, you know, seeing people achieve their goals. I love having a goal and achieving that goal. So I want to make my content centered around that in one way or another. Um, and that's, again, where the whole Everest idea came from, right? It's me. I want to do this like really bad, this hard thing, because, you know, I mean, I just love achieving hard things when I put my mind to it and I really have to dig deep for it. Um, whether it's, you know, I, I want to take on a big video project or I want to go climb Everest um, and kind of incorporating that into my contents is way more fulfilling for me. And actually the impact I want to have as a YouTuber and content creator, because I mean, that's the one thing I'm kind of good at. So why not combine that with something that I'm actually passionate about? And, you know, it, it is to inspire people, but really, you know, it's that's like a byproduct of me going you know, trying to achieve something that I really want to achieve. And it kind of comes in in line. And, you know, I posted this one video, which isn't really related to mountaineering, but it was I asked teenage millionaires how they got rich. You know, I, I knew a few teenage millionaires. So I was like, hey, can I record a video with you? Because I think your stories would be really inspiring. And everybody was commenting on the video. Usually it's it's just people being like, oh, this video was really well produced or, um, you know, some joking comments about it. But like the comments on this video were actually like, thank you for making this video. Like I feel way more inspired after this video. So it's kind of become more so wanting to make an impact on people's lives with my content or make them feel something in one way or another versus just financially. Um, and that's, you know, one thing is people will be like, oh, you're only doing it for clicks, right? You only, you only wanted, you only post, you know, climb Everest to post on Instagram. But the thing is, right? Like I had a YouTube channel where I, if I went fully focused in on that, I could probably have like 5 million subscribers now if I never, you know, took on this, this challenge and whatnot, but I'm truly doing it kind of to push my body to that limit and be able to achieve something like that. And also have an impact on the people who watch my content that that was a ramble, but yeah, that, that's because, you know, sometimes I even question, right? Sometimes if you have a goal and you're not questioning in it and, you know, sometimes not, you, you need to think about it from different perspectives, then you like, you kind of shouldn't be working towards that goal. Like goals are very complicated. That makes sense. Like I don't, I don't even know what I say sometimes, but no, a couple of things there. Um, you know, I, I often talk about that with me. I have this intersection of purpose and passion. My purpose being an Alzheimer's advocate, my passion being mountain climbing, and that intersection has allowed me to do things that I've never ever thought I could do, like climbing K two. Um, and you're very fortunate, age nineteen, to begin to to frame your life of purpose and passion. And, and your purpose and passion may evolve over, you know, over your lifetime. It doesn't necessarily be locked in, you know, at any, at any point in life, because, you know, life is a journey. It's a journey of discoveries. Um, but I also think that your, um, you know, your motivation to try to inspire others, I'm really glad that you mentioned, I was going to bring up that Teenage Millionaires uh, video. It was, it's an excellent, well done video. I mean, that's why I say I think you're an excellent cinematographer and, and editor. Um, and interviewer, I think that 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 uh, particular video was really it was really good, and I, I learned a lot from it. And I was just shocked by how you know how grounded these teenagers were in life, and how they had gotten focused on whatever their particular lane was to be able to do things that that ninety nine point nine percent of the rest of the world can't do. You know that is become a millionaire when you're you know under twenty years old. So I think that you're on to something with being able to, um, you know, with, to inspire people. And mountaineering, as much as it does draw the negativity, it does inspire people to go off and to do things they never thought they could do. And that's the reason that, you know, that at this stage in my life, at age 67, not 19, that, you know, I do Summit Coach is able to give back and help people like yourself, uh, you know, achieve and accomplish their dreams. So speaking of the dreams and Everest, um, so... Where's your head right now about climbing Mount Everest? Are you, are you, are you dreaming about it? Are you worried about it, or are you pretty chill? Yeah, well, uh, when I when I first was getting into it, uh, probably the first month or so. Well, maybe not the first month. For, for first like couple of weeks, I was committing myself to it. Um, I would I would kind of wake up in the middle of the night, and you know, I said I get anxious in the middle of the night. I don't like that's never anything serious. But like in the middle of the night, I would actually be like wait do i want to do this like i can go back to my bed right now and be all warm but i'm not i'm just gonna be really bad up there so you know i was really like that for the first couple of weeks but as i've gone on these other climbs and stuff like that 
um over time i've kind of you know just like i've just like accepted it like you know i'm doing it but i assume leading up to it it's gonna become like much more of like you know oh like Real. okay yeah 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna start getting that feeling again and um i think there's one time and i i remember talking about this with you there was one time where i was really questioning it right yeah yeah um, I, I think it was you know not even financially right because I, okay people are gonna maybe assume you know i got like millions for my minecraft channel right i actually just paid out the rest and like this is transparent i just paid out like the rest of the the money to madison mountaineering i actually have like a hundred dollars in my company's bank account. So like the company, <laughs> like I have, I have some money like invested on the side for like me personally, like, cause it'd be stupid of me not to have done that when I was, you know, getting money uh, a lot more of it. Cause 2021 and 2022 were like way bigger for me, but a lot of the money has gone into this new channel and um, I'm investing a lot of time, a lot of money into it. And, you know, it's like, it, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm thankful that I finally am like done paying for this stuff for now. Right. Like I finally got the average <laughs> thing in. So now it's only up from here, but, um, yeah, I mean, financially I was a little bit worried about it. Um, yeah. but I, now I know, you know, I made it work. Uh, I've kind of like, you know, rearranged some stuff, but, um, I, I think it was also, I think it was just like, yeah, the risk, right. I was like, oh, is it worth it? And, you know, am I going to be at an ability to be able to perform at these high altitudes? Cause that's the one thing I live in yeah. Massachusetts. There's no altitude here. I've only, I, you know, I'm only going to, I have back in Cagua in January, which is going to be a great way to see how I perform at these altitudes, right. which only goes up to camp three, but, um, basically right. At yeah. Cagua camp three. Yeah. 7,000 so, meters, 23,000 feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to know how I'm going to perform at that high. And you, and you hear about these stories like last season, all these people, you know, passing away, unfortunately, um, it, it does get like in your head a little bit. And I wasn't sure if this is worth the time and even, you know, it's like, I was looking at it. I think it was a few months ago. I was thinking, I was like, I have so much time left on this too, right? Like, it's not just going to be, you know, in a couple months, like I still have to really, this is going to be a huge time investment for me. Um, I, I don't know what it was just like that one day, you know, I was really questioning it maybe like two days, but uh, you know, then I remembered, right? Like, this is something I truly want to do. Um, it's going to be an experience I, I won't forget ever. And the way it's, it would transform me up to that point and to this point has been so beneficial for me um like i'm so glad i, I would way way rather this than continue making those minecraft videos staying in my comfort zone um because i've i've seen like what i've been capable of now and it's like truly changed my perspective on my limitations um getting outside my comfort zone that was that was another big thing for this because i've never mount i had never climbed a mountain i remember i remember having that conversation with you and that was i don't forgot now what month it was may june july maybe even earlier that you were saying you know I'm not sure I really want to go through with this and go climb Everest and everything, you know, and, and, and part of, part of what your concern was that as you got deeper into the mountaineering world and you saw the negativity, it began to discourage you a, a bit. Um, and, and we talked it through and I was like, well, you know, if you change your mind, you change your mind. There's, you know, lots of things you can do, you know, with the talents and the skills that you have in the world. Um, but, you know, if mountaineering is what you want to do, then, you know, you need to dedicate yourself to it and focus on the training and the preparation and go in to give yourself the best chance to have that positive experience. And, you know, I think you, I think you took weeks away to think about that. Even, I don't think you dialed back your training that much, but you definitely thought about it deeply, but then you recommitted yourself. And I think that's incredibly healthy. Um, you know, you said earlier that goals are hard. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult to do hard things <laughs> by definition. Yeah, they're, they're complicated. Hard. You're not they're always just going to be moving yeah. towards it, you know, with full commitments, right? You're going to get pushed back occasionally. Yeah. So, what, hey, what does your family think about you doing this? Oh, and yeah. Your friends? Um, so, actually, I don't even think, I, I think a lot of my friends don't even know. Like, a lot of my online <laughs> friends, I think, I think yeah. they know because they know the channel, right? Yeah. Um. A lot of my in real life friends, because this, like, I, I was, I was pretty lonely out here now, because I don't go to college. I just make videos all day and I work out all day. It's the same thing <laughs> every every single day. Um. So it gets a little bit lonely out here. So I think a lot of people don't know, except for the online friends. The online friends are supportive, because that's a big thing I'm an advocate for is surrounding yourself with people who will understand those crazy visions you have, right? And, and support you through it. You know, you support them. You're all working towards. You're on the same path. Um, I think uh, my mom, I, 
okay my grandma doesn't want me to do it my grandma is very <laughs> against it she's like no. are you still are you still interested in climbing everest and i'm like yeah and she, and she kind of gets bummed out whenever i say that but i don't know my mom didn't seem to care too much um and then my dad thought it was cool all right all right <laughs> so maybe they maybe they just don't know about the the like the risks or something or they never really looked into it too much but um, I tell them like, you know, uh, I'm going with good people. I have a, I have a great coach here. So, and, and they know I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, I mean, hopefully I'm not an idiot and I will, I wouldn't just walk off the side of the mountain or something like that. I often joke with people, uh, typically, you know, uh, clients that are in their forties or married, got a couple of kids and I say, Hey, I do on mountain spousal support for a cheap price, only $10,000. Everybody laughs, you know, we all laugh about it, but I do on the, I don't charge for it, obviously, but you know, I do um, have spouses and parents that have contacted me, you know, while their, um, you know, their loved one is on the mountain because it's, you know, the problem is that you know what you're doing because you're there. They don't know what you're doing. And then you may have a comms blackout for 24 hours and they were like going, oh my gosh, I hadn't heard from you. Is he safe? And they're starting to freak out and, you know, and it's normal to have these blackouts. And, but if you've never gone through it, it's tough on the ones left behind. So tell your, tell your mom and your grandma, they can call me if they need me. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. I, think, I love your dad likes it. That's great. <laughs> I think, um, well, yeah, a lot of people don't realize people are confident in their ability to do something, yeah. right? Like I haven't had all this altitude experience, right. But you know, I'm, I'm very like, I'm pretty happy with where I've gone physically um, and, and how I'm doing on that. And Aconcagua will, will be a good test. But I think it's a similar thing because a lot of people will say, you know, how could you do this? Like, why would you go into something knowing that you could die or like go into something knowing it's risky? But I like to think about it as speeding, right? I think 90% of people speed, you know, or at least, you know, I'm on the road 14 out of 15 times. I'm I'm behind someone who isn't going, who is going over the speed limit, even if it's by a little bit. So if, if going over the speed limit is dangerous, why does everybody do it? Well, it's because they think that they're good at driving. And, you know, most of the time they're good enough to be going over the speed limit. So I think, you know, it, obviously it becomes to risk tolerance. But um, I think a lot of people just don't see the perspective of people who want to do climbing. And even if it's any extreme sport, right, um, like wingsuiting, like a lot of people will be like, why would you want to do that? It's, it's because, you know, they're confident in their ability to do so. And of course, there's going to be the occasional chance of like an avalanche or a drunk driver coming down the other road or like something that you wouldn't have expected. Right. But that's just part of life. And then, you know, at that point, it's whether or not you want to take the risk of something like that happening, um, which I mean, for me, you know, that comes into risk tolerance, you know, all the amazing things that will come out of it and, you know, already even has come out of it. And I haven't even stepped on the mountain yet is worth it to take that, you know, small amount of risk, which well, I mean, small amount, I don't know, you know, we could go into all the risks, but, you know, into taking that risk of, you know, some sort of avalanche or something like that happening. Yeah, you, know, you know, risk management is really uh, the key phrase uh, when you're talking about doing these mountains. And that's why it's important to go with an operator that um, is experienced, that uh, they're not they're not so driven to get their clients to the summit, but they're not so conservative that you miss the opportunity right there in the middle. And I think you picked a good one. You know, you mentioned the people that died this past spring on Everest. It was 17. It was the most Everest climbers ever in the history of the mountain that died in one season. And by my count, 11 of those were avoidable. And what they were, they were people that ran out of oxygen. Uh, they were abandoned on the mountain. They died of some type of altitude-related sickness that was avoidable. Uh, and sadly, most of them, all of them, uh, except for two, were with the very low cost um, uh, operators who, um, you know, they don't, they don't buy enough oxygen for their clients. They don't have enough support. If they do something goes wrong, they don't have a way of, of you know, reallocating resources to help their clients. You're not gonna have any of those problems with the one that you're going with. Um, but, uh, you know, it is about risk management and also it's about managing your own expectations and going in as prepared as you possibly can, which is what you're doing. You know, going to Aconcagua is, a, I think, I think it's a really smart move. I did it, um, I did it all but one of my four attempts on Everest uh, in January before I went in April and May, because what it does, it gives you a chance to see what your body does at 7,000 meters. Yeah, it's not almost nine, but it's not sea level. <laughs> and, you know, and you check out all your gear, you make sure everything all works and, you know, you get that system down and you get your, you get your mind into that mountain mode. 
So I'm excited for you to go to Aconcagua in January. Uh, keep training. Don't let up. <laughs> oh, I won't. I won't. Yep. Absolutely. Any any parting thoughts for us as we wrap up? Um, I don't know. I mean, other than like, you know, I'm super thankful for the opportunity and even opportunity uh, you've given me to, you know, take me in and, and train me. Um, I mean, yeah, that that's kind of the main thing. And I guess maybe one thing is um, some people may be like discouraged by, you know, like how expensive it can be. But like, like I said, like, I'm like, I'm doing this really young. So I know if I don't succeed, which is a possibility, I have, you know, my whole life ahead. And, um, you know, it, it is like very expensive. And I know that is like a big, you know, reason a lot of people yeah. don't do it and everything sure. like that. But um, if we're going to get like, you know, entrepreneurial type stuff right now, because I mean, that's kind of something I'm passionate about, too. Um, you know, it's just like, you, you can always like find a way like that's like half of the battle for Everest. It's like, yeah. you have to like take that into account too. Um, right. Yeah. You know, people always ask me, how did I afford? I've been on 38 major expeditions. I was sponsored for the seven summits and um, I had a sponsorship for K2, but everything else was self-funded. And, um, and people ask me, how can I afford that? Well, number one, I, I got a good job. I got a good education, got a good job. And if you look in my garage, I've said this a billion times, I'm driving a 2001 Jeep uh, Cherokee or um, uh, Wrangler, rather. <laughs> you know, so I'm driving a 22-year-old car with 106,000 miles on it. And it's because, you know, life is about making choices and it's about making those trade-offs. And for me, and I was very fortunate that uh, my family's always supported, you know, this crazy hobby that I have of going out there and you know, climbing mountains. But, um, you know, you, you establish a framework around your life that allows you to afford the, you know, the things that you want to pursue. And um, it's really, it's, it's really not that complicated, but it does require sacrifices at time. So, and, you know, it's just the way it is. And yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're navigating that really well right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just finding one thing you're passionate about, getting really good at it. And, you know, yeah. most of the time you can turn into something bigger than yourself, I guess, and be able to make a good yeah. living off of it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Ryan Mitchell Moore, <laughs> sip over. Hey, man, thank you so much for the time. Um, I'm just, uh, I've enjoyed immensely working with you over the last year, and I'm looking forward to continuing and uh, having a celebratory uh, interview maybe in July or June when you get back from uh, Nepal after successfully standing on top of the world. And we're looking forward to those videos. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate <laughs> it. All right, man. Take care. Yep. Namaste. See ya.